Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I think that we get so ingrained in our minds that, um, you know, athletes are athletes. And, you know, um, you know the, the personal lives of athletes is, you know, it's the game first. Um, and, you know, in a time like this, I mean, we're in a global pandemic, guys. And, you know, there's... You know, there's so much more going on um, in people's lives. And, you know, just to kind of even speculate on what's happening in either my life, your life, uh, Michael's life, you know, I think that's an unfair thing to do. So, um, you know, we support Michael and we support all the guys that are opting out. That's a personal choice and they have that right. Um, You know, and we wish them all the best. We wish Michael the best and we hope that, um, you know, whenever he does come back, you know, he's ready to go. But for right now, Michael did what's right what's uh, best for Michael. And, you know, I support him fully and 100% in that way. That's White Sox pitcher Aaron Bummer. He was on Inside the Clubhouse today with Bruce Lamine and Zach Zaidman. He's sitting in for Matt Spiegel today. And he was talking about Michael Kopech. That's where we're going to start with our next guest. Our first guest, our only guest, he must not know better on Saturday Suckage. He is Lamont Pope, Lamont <laughs> Pope of the Chicago Tribune. He joins us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. Lamont, how you doing today? I'm doing all right. You sure we don't, we're not going to preview the uh, today's Intersquad game? Because I don't yeah. know if there's been any other news that's happened over the last 24 hours. But the last... <laughs> that's, that's right. Who are, who's starting in today's <laughs> Inner squad game. Just, just who's today's probables. Let's act like it's baseball. Who are today's probables? Is it yeah, Lucas Giolito? He pitches no, every I, day, doesn't he? Can I actually get uh, Dylan Cease and uh, uh, Roberto Lope, uh, Roberto Lopez? And so. Wow. There you go. There's the, the Rick Hahn trade checklist. That's right? that's it. So speaking of the trade, Michael Kopech. Do we know anything more? Is he going to make a statement? Has he made a statement? Because we've got information. We've got every people speculating, and, and Aaron Bummer's right. It's not fair, but it's kind of what we do. <laughs> and part of it is we want to – I, I want to hear his reasoning. I imagine I'll respect it because it's very personal to him. And in these times, um, I, it, it all seems to ring honest, whether you're doing it like Buster Posey. Hey, we just adopted twins. I'm not playing baseball because they're they're important to me. Uh, and whatever Michael Kopech's reasons are from maybe his wife's pregnant that we've heard speculation, maybe it's part of the 
writing the struggles he's had with anxiety and depression. Maybe he doesn't feel right about where he is in the White Sox in, in his return to to be a starter. So what do you know? What do you think, Lamond? Yeah, no, yeah. there's been no word about uh, you know, the possibility of us uh, talking to Michael anytime soon. But I, I figure at somewhere down the line we will have a chance to, to hear from Michael and, and get his take on, on you know, the reasons uh, behind his making the decision that he's made, and like like you said, like Aaron said, I mean it is it's a personal decision, um, and each you know I don't um, you know, every player has that opportunity, and, you know, and and have that option to to say, hey, I'm going to wait until 2021, or I'm going to go ahead and go and give it a shot this this season. So one way or the other, um, I don't think it you know it's it's not a it's not a thing where you can kind of blame Michael because there's so many things, there's so many uncertainties that are that are out there. Uh, Dealing with this, it's whether it's just whether the whether it's COVID or whether it's preparing for the upcoming season and filling it to you know with a three-week lead-up that you have enough time to to possibly do it. You know, there's so many variables that go on into this 2020 season that uh, you can't blame any player for wanting to opt on out uh, given the, the current circumstances. Hey, Lamont. So I know we we've talked uh, to the players. It's all been via Zoom. There's not. You know, you, you can't do the and the great thing about covering baseball from both sides, I think, is that, you know, the reporters, the beat reporters like you who are there every day, you get to build relationships with the players. You get to really know the ins and outs of what's going on in the club. Uh, and, and that's helpful uh, to both uh, sides, I think. But obviously, that's not going to be there this year. Everything is on a Zoom call. How how weird is that for you, number one? And then how, how do you think that affects you know, the coverage that uh, that our listeners and baseball fans will see of the game? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, it has been uh, different for sure, uh, particularly this is going to be my first full season uh, covering the Sox. And so just getting there in spring training, um, you know, it was very helpful just kind of continuing to establish my relationship with the, with the players in the clubhouse. Um, and then just those, those little things, those little moments when you're in the clubhouse, having those opportunities, something might pop into my mind where it's like, oh, I want to ask, you know, Tim about something that I might have a story that's going to be due in three or four days or something like that. And then you can just go on up to him and, and have that sort of conversation and, and kind of build that relationship that way. And so, so not having that um, does definitely kind of influence or, or impact the way that you're going to be, we're going to be going out about things on a day-to-day basis. Um, and then as far as just kind of, you know, going forward as for the, from the reader standpoint as well. I mean, you know, the, the, the challenge, I guess, for us as writers is then to kind of present something, it's going to be unique when when all the quotes are going to be the same, or, or when we're all watching the game from a, from a similar vantage point, either if, if we're at the ballpark or or watching on television, you know, for some of these road trips. Um, so it's so it's you know it's it's going to be a unique challenge uh, from the writer's standpoint, and and something that we're all going to have to kind of adapt to, kind of on the fly. We're talking with Lamont Pope of the Chicago Tribune, talking White Sox here, and the um, the Sox, even without. Kopech, the Sox had seemed to have the right mix of a, a good amount of pitching depth mm-hmm. to be able to handle whatever innings you needed, whether it was Carlos Rodon as 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 somebody to follow the opener or to be the opener. And then the, that whole mentality of we don't need six innings out of you today. We just we just need three, and then we need three other guys, and then something like that. I don't know what talk has been uh, that you take seriously, but it seems their depth is allows them to go a lot of different ways. What have they said about that? What has 
the what has Don Cooper said about the likelihood of different strategies? Yeah, we're going to actually get the chance. Uh, Carlos is going to be one of the pitchers that's uh, scheduled to pitch today as well. Uh, and so, so there we go. More talk about the Inter Squad game. Um, and so, and we had the chance to talk to Carlos uh, recently, and he, you know, he acknowledged. I think 90 of his 93. Uh, outings have been starts, but he's, he, he acknowledged, you know, that this year there might be a little bit of a different role for uh, different tasks for different guys throughout the uh, rotation. And so, so it's kind of figuring that on out uh, on the fly and kind of learning as well, you know, who you know, might be a piggyback situation. It might be a, uh, a, like you mentioned, an opener type of situation for some of these guys. And so just kind of seeing where the guys are at as far as, you know, the work that they were able to do, uh, while baseball was on break, I think, I think that's a, an important aspect of this as well. How how much work and what type of work were the guys able to uh, to get on in while baseball was on break? You know, someone like Lucas, uh, he he went up to Sacramento and he he was able to throw up, throw against guys. You know, he invited uh, Andrew Vaughn up, and, and so, so you know he was able to face him a few times as well. And so so you know he was able to kind of get to the point where he's I think like now up and down three three or three and a half times, and so kind of. Gearing on up, trying to get trying to get in that position where where on opening day or that first series you can go five or six innings, um, and so so kind of it kind of it sort of depends on how much work the guys were able to do and and you know how effective that work was while baseball was away. The nice thing about Lucas uh, Lamont, and again this is just from you know media observations via via the workouts and via the Zoom calls with uh, with the guys, but. Certainly, he seems to be building upon that leadership role he kind of started to take last year with the White Sox. And, I mean, he, he is speaking as if he is kind of, you know, staff ace material without being staff ace material. You kind of thought maybe a veteran guy like Dallas Keuchel, who was signed in the offseason, uh, might do that. But it really is Lucas who is stepping up on that. You know, I definitely agree. And I, I think part of it is just the, the confidence that he was able to build in that bounce back season last year. And, you know, here's someone who, who went to Houston, you know, went to Houston and, and shut down the Astros, went up to Minnesota, shut down the Twins. And so, you know, not only that, that powerful month, month of May when he was named the uh, pitcher of the month, but then able to, you know, do it against some really uh, tough competition uh, throughout the season as well. And so I think that helped build the confidence uh, and show that, you know, coming off of that, the, the down year in 2018 to have that ability to show that he was that type of pitcher that everyone sort of projected when he was drafted, uh, you know, um, and he mentioned it the other day, you know, he wants to be the guy that, that gets the ball on opening day. He wants to be that t- thought about, thought of as that type of, type of an ace. He also said that, you know, in his mind, there's, you know, the team has, or other aces are following him, but but I think Lucas has really taken that leadership role, and it's something he's embraced, and something that he likes as far as long as you know one of those things with his challenge as well. Well, that's good for him. That's uh, Lamont Pope of the Chicago Tribune talking White Sox baseball here on the Score. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito, and I and so for for Lucas Diolito's life, and I I the I wish we could make sure it's all so. I, hell, I just wish they could complete a season I don't think they mm-hmm. will but that whole idea of the game in in Iowa the field of dreams game oh, right. so it's not the Yankees but it's going to be the Cardinals and I thought this should go on with the Reds I mean if you're going to have shoeless Joe and you're going to talk about guys banned from baseball then make it White Sox Reds do the 1919 mm-hmm. World Series again mm-hmm. do it do it upright but with it being the Cardinals the idea that Lucas Giolito's dad Basically, you had him go page by page of a Bob Gibson book, talking about 68, <laughs> when he had this phenomenal run. 
And I was there when Bob Gibson finally gave up a run as he was approaching Drysdale's record, and he almost broke it in Dodger Stadium. But also, under the best possible circumstances of White Sox and Cardinals, which would mean not much, the idea of Giolito <laughs> and Jack Flaherty, mm-hmm, two high indeed. school teammates doing that, I love that idea, and that's my baseball dreaming, and that's me getting away from all of that. I have no idea if Giolito's commented on that at all. Um, will you be going to the Field of Dreams? I, If we're going to be talking about a baseball season, I want to talk about something as fantastical as that. No, no, I mean, all those aspects are, you know, you, you absolutely nailed them. And as far as, you know, we haven't had the chance to, uh, to ask uh, Lucas about the possibility of, uh, you know, facing Jack in that uh, game. But, but you know, I, I kind of agree with you as well. I, I, I just really don't understand why, they, why they're holding it this season. I mean, I think part of the, you know, the appeal for the, for the, for the town itself was to, to get all these people on in as well. It'd be, you know, a big economic boost for them. And so, and, and you know, so with the with the circumstances and the way things are right now, it's like, you know, are you going to really have fans in the stands? Probably not. Or, you know, what, what's it going to be like uh, for this, for August 13th? Um, and so there, I think that, you know, Major League Baseball might have been a little bit better off if postponing it for a year and then, you know, still being able to build, on, build it on up. But, you know, but now, you know, the game's scheduled, so we're going to have to wait and see how it's going to, how how it all matches on up and yeah like you said you know I mean and I know there's a car, big Cardinal fan base there in, in Iowa but but other than that there's not you know White Sox Cardinals not much of a of an appeal from that standpoint. Well, and Lamont, we've talked a little bit uh, last hour about the testing and the effectiveness or or lack of effectiveness of of what MLB is doing so far. How do you feel when you know again your talks uh, with the players? Uh, via Zoom or text or whatever it is, how comfortable do you think the the majority of these guys are with with what's going on? Yeah, I mean, so far, uh, so good. I guess from the, from the White Sox standpoint, as far as just you know, they haven't had any delays, they haven't had to postpone any practices. Uh, from that standpoint, um, I think it's one of those things where the more you do it, the more you kind of go through, and that becomes part of the routine. Uh, the more comfortable everyone's going to be involved with it. But I mean, it continues to be a little bit of a, of a work in progress throughout Major League Baseball, and it's something that it can't be. I mean, it can't be one of those situations where uh, you can't have hiccups, you can't have delays of that nature. I mean, this is the most important aspect if you're going to try to pull off a 2020 season is to make sure that uh, the testing is there and the testing is accurate on a day-to-day basis. And so, um, you know, usually baseball is to make sure that, they're, that they get their act together and, and get everything correct on a day-to-day basis. But like I said, so far from the White Sox perspective, you know, they, it's, it's run pretty smoothly. They haven't had any sort of delays from that nature. And, and like I said, the, guy, the guys are getting more comfortable in going on through the process um, time and time again. And I think that'll help kind of make things smooth, run a little more smoothly as, as things move forward as well. We're talking with Lamont Pope of the Chicago Tribune, talking White Sox here on The Score. So with with Yohan Moncada on the 10-day injured list for no reason given, so <laughs> then we know the reason, and is it Andrew Vaughn to fill in? And, and is, if he has to be, could he be your starting third baseman if you're, if you're the White Sox? And what do you get with him based on what you've seen? Yeah, I mean, you know, he had a fantastic spring. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, I remember last year when Yohan went down with his injury, they had um, Ryan Goins sort of fill on in. And obviously Goins is not here this year. So in the, the two inter-squad games so far, you've had a variety of guys. You had Garcia, 
um, Mercedes, um, Vaughn, as you mentioned as well, and uh, Danny, Danny Mendek. And so those four guys have been the guys that have uh, had the starting opportunities in the two inter-squad games so far. So it's going to be interesting just to see uh, what kind of direction the team wants to go in. Uh, obviously, you're not going to, you know, it's, it's impossible to replace an at-bat like, uh, like Johans. Um, and so if, if you're going to try to go for a little more um, offense, you know, obviously, you know, Andrew might be a guy that you that you that you give that opportunity to, or or your mean he had, you know he has that home he has a home run pop in his bat, um, and the, or if you want to just go kind of like, you know Blurry is kind of that dependable guy that you kind of plug in all throughout the, the field. And, but what that does as well is you know if, if you move Lurie over to third base, then what do you do at second as far as it, is it going to be Danny? Is it going to be Nick Madrigal stepping on in? So it, that kind of speaks to the larger point as far as depth. You know, for, for not only the White Sox, but throughout Major League Baseball, when you're dealing with uh, trying to play baseball in a pandemic, you know, obviously we always talk about pitching depth and the importance of that. Uh, but when you when your roster you know, start the season at least is 30 30 man is a 30 man roster, you know, this is an opportunity where if there's someone that does uh, test positive or if there or if there's an, some sort of other sort of injury, you're going to really be testing your depth because you're in a position where you can't afford to have these. You know, have a slow start or, or have one of these lows where you have these type of losing streaks because the season is so short. Well, and I was going to ask you too, Lamont, about Nick Madrigal and what you thought with the expanded roster, if he's a guy that you thought would stick or if they would try to, how they're going to try to manage him in, in this abnormal season. Um, and I think you kind of just answered that. I think, you know, your, your Nick Madrigal appearances might be more so now with all the variables than than you might have seen had it just been a regular season. Did you agree? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think it comes into play. I mean, and so you're, you're trying to figure on out what's the best uh, situation because obviously when 2019 started or 2020 started, we you know the thought process was that uh, you know Nick was you know he was in the mix with with Garcia and, and with Mendick uh, for that second base uh, starting spot and. It, 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 I probably thought that along the lines like, uh, that Larry was going to be the opening day starting second baseman, and, and then Nick would eventually kind of work his way into that role. Um, but, you know, now we're in July, and, and now we're you know, going to have the opportunity to just to see, and obviously with what's happening with, with Johan, um, you know, how does the team kind of, what steps does the team make to kind of figure on out how they work the rotations on in and how they figure on out how to incorporate all these guys into the lineup. Lamont, before we let you go, I wanted to um, ask you in this in this um, unique environment, you're listening to baseball, and we we saw Edwin Encarnacion, Encarnacion's <laughs> home run, and people scream, you know, players screaming, "Do the parrot, do it!" <laughs> so, what else have you heard that we're likely to hear? That fans are likely to hear games being when the games are broadcast with no fans, just the dugouts. I, I don't know if they'll be on a delay or not. I knew there was some talk <laughs> about that. But what have you been hearing that would be unfiltered, unexpurgated? Yeah, no, it's going to be a very interesting situation for sure because, you know, yesterday uh, after uh, Dallas Keiko wrapped up his, uh, you know, his couple innings, he had the chance to chat with us, and he was saying how, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting just to hear, you know, the opposing team guys chirping back and forth and things of that nature. Um, you know, there, there really hasn't been a whole lot of that so far. I mean, obviously, you know, between the teammates and things of that nature. Uh, but, but you know, that's, it's just such, such a 
I guess, strange, uh, strange theme for such a strange time, uh, just kind of adapting and, 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 uh, you know, from the brand standpoint, you know, the possibility of kind of listening on in and, and seeing, you know, the little things sort of like, uh, someone calling off, uh, another player for a fly ball or something like, like that. Just, just those little things that you kind of, you know, that you listen to or, or, you, or you see when you're like watching a little league game, um, you know, now you're getting to hear or see that at, at the big league level as well. Wow. Little League parents at the big league level. I can't wait to see that. Super. Lamont, Let's hear him call for, those guys off. Yes. That's right. Yeah. And just, thanks for your thanks for your time, Lamont. We appreciate it. Most of Thanks, guys. Anytime. Thanks, right, Lamont. Lamont Pope with the Chicago Tribune, some White Sox. You know, talk some stuff about the Cubs. Tom Ricketts did an interview, and and um, there's just some, some stuff going on there as David Ross turns uh, – Carl Schwarber's position into the lodge, to the best, most, um, it'd probably be the most celebrated dog park in, in the majors. <laughs> so we'll Absolutely. get back to that. He's Mark, Mike Esposito. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast welcome and welcome back my guest Mazzito Saturday suckage like it used to be he's in he is, uh, we're all broadcasting live from the various Hyundai studios of our worlds, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealer. Espo's Hyundai studio is his basement. Door does not lock. There are three children running around, <laughs> not to mention a lovely, adorable wife who might need hair dye at any moment. And and we also have, as I was reminded when the mailman walked by, a barking dog. So that is yeah. always uh, thrown into the mix as well. 
Oh, right. you guys well, should have heard on Thursday night when we had Nick Shepkowski and Jay Zawoski on with Joe for a segment about Notre Dame, and Shep's puppy was going crazy for, I'd say, about five minutes of the segment. <laughs> so we had <laughs> Shepkowski, Zawoski, and Ostrowski. In a segment produced by Staszynski. All right. We deemed it there the most go. Polish segment in the history of the squad. That is well, an extremely I Polish segment right there. Don't see how that gets out skied at any point anywhere. I don't think so, so either. All right. So who said this? Because we've been talking. We talked with Lamont Pope about what are you what are you hearing on the field? Now that you can hear stuff on the field, there's no fans. We talked about Nick Markakis saying that he doesn't want to play baseball if there's no fans because then it's not baseball to him. Who said this? Quote, I think it's going to play to our advantage. A lot of our games are pretty quiet in general. We're used to not having too many fans at the games. <laughs> I know what the obvious joke is. It's not that. No, I, I, I was going to go with, uh, geez, one of the Marlins maybe. Uh, good idea. Wrong, but but you got a wrong wrong coast and wrong half of the United States. Okay, so it was so Matt it is... Chapman of the Oakland A's. Ah, uh, yes. It's going to play to their advantage. That's right. And that they... thing is that thing is empty all the time. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. So one of the things that the White Sox are doing, and they announced this week, this we talked about this on this show, and Trash Panda will back me up on this. I mentioned that the Giants first conceived the idea that if you have a season ticket, you can then submit a photo, a blow-up photo, to be put where your seat is. And they're doing this in various incarnations around the world at different baseball leagues and, and, and footy leagues back in countries that actually have discipline. They've earned the right to have sports, unlike the United States. But the Giants came up with this idea, and we discussed the idea of the Cubs doing it, and my suggestion was, Espo, you, as a former Cubs season ticket holder, you could have submitted mm-hmm. pictures too. My suggestion was that Sammy Sosa buy 20 tickets, 20 season seats behind home plate, and just put <laughs> his picture there so he finally gets welcomed back into Wrigley Field. That would be the ultimate troll job, and I would for one, be all for that. I would love to see well, it. Well, the man who's got the final say on this was doing a uh, question and answer with Len uh, Casper and Jim Deshays, and Tom Ricketts was asked about this idea. And the White Sox also, you can, for $49, you can do this. The money goes to the White Sox charities. You can submit a, submit a picture. They, of course, would have final say. But this is the idea. And Tom Ricketts was asked if, well, empty Wrigley Field might be going this way. Some teams are considering the the cardboard cutouts. It, it, am I correct in saying that that's not really something you'd prefer to do at this point? At the moment, we have no plans for that. I think it's pretty clever, and I, I appreciate it when, like, Dortmund, I think, was the first team to do it. But um, for us, we weren't sure it was the right look for us and for Wrigley. So um, we have no plans on doing that at the moment. That was Tom Ricketts on the Open Concessions podcast with Len and JD. Tom Ricketts talking about that. And 
there are no plans because Sammy Sosa might buy season tickets. He might buy every ticket in the park, and then they'd have to put his face there. I'm convinced. Well, the one thing, you know, I mean, I I respect Sosa's desire to kind of make uh, make amends, whatever you want to call it, with the Cubs. He doesn't. I mean, I, no, he doesn't want to I make get amends. No, but he, he well, he wants kissed. Right, he wants back in, and, and so so forgive my phrasing, but you. You understand what I mean. I I get why he wants to be welcomed back in, but it's like, dude, it's not hard. Do do what you know you have to do. But he apparently is unwilling to do, and they'll welcome you back in. Everyone, this is a, this is an open secret here, my friend. You don't hit 60 home runs three seasons in a row. It has never happened in baseball before you, and it will never happen again. So, I think we're all on to what happened there. Yeah, we, there there may be some clues. Seems to right. Know. There may so, there may be there, there may yeah. be some clues there for us. I don't. I it's just I don't I don't see it happening. And Ricketts and it's an unusual thing that he's that's this is what he's doing. But um, but that's how I see Sosa gets back in. So John Lester, I saw this on um, Steve Greenberg's. Uh, he's a Chicago Sun Times. His Twitter feed. John Lester was quoted as saying, I told Rossi I'm hitting. If not, you're taking a pretty big force out of the game. That Hey, you know what? John, John Lester is not too shabby for a guy who played in the American League his whole career. He's not too shabby as a, as a pitcher hitting. Okay. But with Lester, Schwarber. Lester yeah. famously batted 0.0.0000, Mr. Blutarski, in nine seasons in the American League. 36 at-bats, zero hits. As a Cub, that has rocketed to 121. <laughs> now, here's here's the best part. If they're going to make stats for pitchers hitting, they're going to make all kinds of stats. He has an OPS. <laughs> He's an OPS. An OPS plus. Now, an OPS plus is 100 is the average major leaguer. The way they figure okay. it. On base plus slugging percentage park. It's adjusted for all kinds of things. OPS plus for John Lester with 100 being the average hitter <laughs> is minus six. <laughs> I couldn't even get that out. I just that's it's cherry picking stats. I know, but that's what he's all about. He's even joking about it. It's it's know. right out of the it's right out of the uh, super fans Bears skit. Bears are going to beat John Lester two hundred and fifty eight to negative six to minus six. There you go. So n- next year's schedule was released, Espo. Okay. I, I just the Cubs and Sox released their twenty twenty one schedules. Why? <laughs> I I don't know. I guess they had to. I guess that's what they usually do in July. I the Sox open at Joe Madden's Angels, and the hmm. Cubs open at home against the Pirates. I don't want to be a pirate. So we're at a point where 2020 hasn't seen a legitimate pitch, and I have to ask: do, Is there anyone who believes? I don't want to be a pirate. No, see, you don't have to be, but you have to play them. So do you think the 2021 season will exist based on what you've seen? I mean, to me, the virus just keeps rolling along. I mean, you've got bad federal response, bad state response, bad human response to this thing in this country. 
and you've got it's so bad that you've got countries that were disciplined about it banning United States travel. I mean, and that's where that's where you are with this. There's no vaccine. There's no treatment. You see in a lot of places a lack of respect for for human life because you don't see you know, people are people are refusing to mask up. It's like they think they need to carry a gun so they don't have to follow smart science. We're just to, to quote Vincent Gardini and bang the drum slowly, plum dumb stupid. And yeah. and here they are with the arrogance of we're here's next year's schedule for you while we're at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And you know what? The the irony of all this, right, is that you you had people claiming, you know, we can't shut down, we need to keep the economy going, or let's reopen, we need to get the economy going. And I was reading something uh, yesterday or two days ago, whatever it was, out of the Wall Street Journal about how the spike in cases and, you know, the fact that this isn't really even wave two, this is still kind of wave one. Hello. Uh, but how, how all of this, uh, you know, what's going on with the fact that we did not flatten it uh, as we needed to is going to cause, you know, exponential economic damage because everything eventually is going to, you're not going to be able to operate bars, restaurants, you know, a lot of the places that are reopening, we've already seen have reclo- or, uh, closed again because they have to. And I don't see how professional sports is any different. Are you going to be comfortable? And I'm asking you this rhetorically. I, I already know the answer. Are you going to be comfortable putting 40,000 people in Wrigley Field next April? Forget about what happens this season. Uh, if, if there's no resolution to this, I already know the answer to that. Well, it's so, not whether we would. Would, the, would. would people be comfortable there? The Cubs would be comfortable putting them there. The Cubs are already talking about bringing fans in after they said no fans this year. I don't know what their what their plan is. They're trying to work with the best possible knowledge. They they you you you've seen every state when they've reopened and they've reopened to different degrees. You, the dumber states have now had to just they've seen huge spikes. And they've had to rush to, like you said, okay, no more bars, no more this, no more that. Mm-hmm. And there isn't. But it's something that had you followed smart science instead of politicizing the whole thing, had you followed smart science, you you might have been like the European countries that recognized it early, responded early, did not deny that it existed, and you had countries full of people wearing masks because that was the best protection against it. Not the only one, but that was the best. And now you can't even get Americans to agree on, on wearing masks. There was a, um, Kevin Smith of the Rays was, um, was quoted as saying, and then um, I think The Athletic had this in, in talking about from Pennsylvania where he's from. Uh, obviously, the numbers are a lot worse in Florida, he's in Tampa, but I, I felt like you couldn't even walk outside without a mask at home, meaning Pennsylvania, and then here, meaning Florida, you go out without a mask and we have guys getting called names and all of the above, so, it, so it's just a totally different feel around the country. Yep. A raised teammate, he didn't name, said was in a store shopping for food and was called a pansy. It's, it's like little do they know, I went, meaning he wore a mask. Uh, I went out briefly to pick up some takeout food, and I swear I got like a dozen eyeballs on me, looking at me like I'm the weird one walking in with a mask. Little do they know what's at stake for my life and my livelihood. It's just very immature or whatever you want to call it, but it's just comical. 
All right. I don't think it's comical. I just think it's irresponsible. Yep. Anyways, nope. that's kind of where we are. I don't. I don't see. I don't know how fans. I don't know how anybody has a. I don't know how anybody completes a season. I think they yep. all will start, but you can't get. I mean, do you think the NBA bubbles? It's not even a bubble, really. You got people coming no, in and out of there. I don't. I don't see. I mean, I honestly, and this is, you know. We're, we're a sports station. We are dying to have sports, and, you know, we love to watch sports. Um, I, don't, I don't see it. I've said this for uh, a bit of time here now as this has continued, and especially if you've seen how this has progressed. Um, I, I just don't see how we do it. We haven't, um, we haven't solved the problem yet, but we want to proceed as if we have solved the problem. And I know, you know, we see some of the sports overseas being played, um, but they, I don't want to say they've solved the problem, but they're certainly doing a heck of a lot better at the problem, uh, than we are. And, and just as a very quick personal aside and in, in my, you know, my other job, my other life, I deal a lot with, with overseas, with, uh, Asian companies with, you know, I have good friends who live in, in Taiwan and in Hong Kong and in China. And the first thing they said to me months ago is you guys aren't wearing masks. Why aren't you wearing masks? And this is mm-hmm. like March, right? Because they know they've done this, you know, whether it was, I don't remember if it was SARS or whatever, but, you know, they immediately go to masks and it's everybody. As soon as you step foot outside, you're wearing a mask. And that was, to me, one of the biggest eye openers because we in the United States have not experienced this to this level before. I, I, I personally can't think of it. I mean, I think you have to go back 100 years uh, till something like this was in, in the U.S., but it's certainly not. You know, let's put it this way. Mask shaming is certainly not going to help us play football any sooner. Let's put it that way. It's it's going to be the reverse. That's stupid. Uh, with texture 847, can the Cubs put cutouts of Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease in the stands? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I believe the two of them are there helping Jose Quintana dry his dishes that uh, Jose is yeah. washing in his sink. Oh, boy. Uh, so a, this last thing no. we have. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh. Okay, Thank so you. Saturday Suckage Hall of Fame, it's been a while since we inducted anybody. But, Espo, do you think that we need to immediately induct Craig Kimbrell, or should we wait until he screws up in whatever the regular season is? Oh, boy. Um, I mean, he, he did have a, a, a very... Uh, honorable or a dishonorable year last year so he certainly has rocketed into contention but whew. I you know what I think let's 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 see how his his first few outings go but I mean you you listen you are the chairman of the Saturday Suckage Hall of Fame so you know there there is but one vote on no, this committee no, no we will take all consideration we'll take all arguments we'll I mean there's not that there's a lot of balance going around. Nobody wants to be associated He's, with it. But you, wait, wait, wait <laughs> hold, hold up, guys. This I've been working this show for several months now. I have yet to hear of the Suckage Hall of Fame. So who else is in this Hall of Fame? I need to know immediately. Um. Well, we had it in the encyclopedia. There was a yes, uh, the encyclopedia. Encyclopedia of Suck was in the. I guess it was a one-time update studio. It was and it. A, yes. And we had. Listed, we we had some entries into the to the um, Saturday Suckage Hall of Fame, the the Hall of Suck. So the Encyclopedia of Suck is is there. I, I don't think anybody touched it or disturbed it. Maybe they thought there was 
it, there were some transmittal devices during there. the next during the next break i'm going to run into the update studio and look for it see if it's, it's still there what happened it was it began because i wanted to print out some <laughs> of some of the text messages and so i just i thought i hit control c control v and i thought i hit just the highlighted what i wanted and then i hit print <laughs> and i didn't realize i was printing out like Days and days and days of text messages. There must have been, I don't know, 500 or 1,000 sheets of What? Paper. What are you thinking? Yes, with whirly gigs on it and, and little gizmos and, and doodads and all sorts. Justin Burnfield happened to be in at the time. And That's, that not, is outstanding. Yes, and Justin Burnfield was trying to explain to our audience why he couldn't hold his water. He was laughing hysterically as Zach Withers kept bringing in, okay, here's more, okay, here's more, okay, here's more. So that's the paper we were using to inscribe mm -hmm. the, the Encyclopedia of Suck, which included, I think, some in, inductees. So you, do you have people you would like to nominate for induction into the, to the uh, Saturday Suckage Hall of Fame? Me? Not right now, because I didn't know this existed, so I got to think on it. Okay, you think on it. Yeah, and, um, and at you, last you check, think Steve, on it, Trash Panda. Yeah. At, at yeah. last check, because I, I was, uh, I believe I did the last update shift that we had back on uh, Friday, March 13th. That was the last <laughs> day we had updates. Friday the 13th, huh? I honestly, I mean, I remember the date because it was Friday the 13th, but that was the day that uh, the state of Illinois uh, and yeah. uh, the country, I think, that was the date everyone went into lockdown. It was right after everyone started canceling their seasons. It was right after Rudy Gobert's positive test, uh, you know, made the NBA shut down or the NBA was led to then shut down. But the Encyclopedia of Suck was still, the last time I was in the update studio, it was still there on top of the filing cabinets in the update studio. So I hope All it right, has survived so, quarantine. Well, let's take a break so our trash panda can go on his his um, suck scavenger hunt and see what he can see, and he'll report back. And we will, Espo, we will do what are you doing, Wagner, at the top of the hour with, uh, mm -hmm. with a regularly scheduled trash panda report. We'll do that. Take a break now. We come back and we'll, Pat Mahomes signed a contract. Always news when you're a Bears fan. We'll yep. talk about that. Next, he's my guest, Pizzito. I'm Steve Rosenblum. It's Saturday Suckage. We're at the home of the Saturday Suckage Hall of Fame, much to everyone's surprise. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Probably at least a month ago. I mean, maybe even longer than that. I mean, they. Uh, it was something that we're I, – I had a very open mind uh, going into contract negotiations. I mean, obviously I knew – uh, I wanted to be a part of something great. I, w I obviously wanted to be a part of having great players around me, but I also wanted the financial security to, to be able to take care of my grandkids' grandkids. And I felt like with this contract, I can do all those things. And uh, obviously you don't know what the future uh, entails. Uh, I mean, I've seen you could salary cap could spike up or we or, or be in a situation that we're in right now, which hopefully won't happen where it could go down. And just to have the security of knowing where I'm at and knowing that I always have a great football team around me, uh, was something that I, that I thought was too good to, to pass up on. That is Bears quarterback Pat Mahomes. Oh, no. Oh, don't torture us. That is Patrick Mahomes. Yes. The quarterback, Ryan Pace, one of two quarterbacks Ryan Pace did not choose 
when he traded dope. Yeah, it's go bears sounds a lot like dope. Oh, bears. Clutch. Go bears. Clutch. Yeah. Um. So he signed a contract worth in excess of five hundred million dollars, and one of the key parts of that deal is the reason it jumps so high is he gets $100 every time someone asks, how come Ryan Pace hasn't been fired? So you can see how that would add up when you have the Bears general manager, unbelievably still employed, trading up to select the absolute wrong quarterback mm -hmm. among the top three in that draft. I, that, is I, just, that is just I, a heaping helping of stupid. And if it helps... Trash Panda, Adam Studzinski, our producer, that would be a Saturday Suckage Hall of Fame entrant right there, Ryan Pace. I'm going to start writing these down now. I feel it's my responsibility as the show's producer <laughs> to keep track of these kinds of things. And if I had been told that this was something I needed to look out for, I would have done so. Well, and, um, and we, yeah, yeah. And we, we'd have to include Ryan Pace. We would have to because... Um, I saw a graphic. Uh, it must have been the day of the contract because it was, you know, all Mahomes all the time that day. Uh, one of the CBS uh, sports writers had penned a column about top quarterbacks in the NFL. And as you might have imagined, Mahomes, with an MVP and a Super Bowl title this year, was number one. Uh, also in the group were surefire Hall of Famers Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. Russell Wilson will all put in the Hall of Fame as well. And your other guy in the top five of this particular uh, list was Deshaun Watson. So, yeah, the two guys that we could have had ahead of Mitch and then three Hall of Famers. Although okay. I saw that I saw that list, Espo, and I yeah. would contend that Watson was a little too high. I would put him a few spots down. Still top 10. Don't get me wrong. But I just... And so this I is... The, and this I know is, the point you're making, though. Right. This is the unfortunate reality, and, and uh, Lord knows we've talked about this over the, the Mitch era here. Can we call it an era? Um, anytime, so. anytime... I see anything relative, uh, related to either Mahomes or Watson. In this particular story, it was literally a top five list, and the two of them were in there of best quarterbacks in the league. My brain immediately goes to the Bears. And it's and not going to change. Right. No. It's, it, that and, will never change. Will. Now, we, it was said at the time when that deal was when – when, when Ryan Pace made that trade, and he trades up, and he selects Mitch Trubisky, everybody who was around who covered – Dave Wanstead, when they made the move for Rick Meyer, said, oh boy. this is it. This ties you to As soon as Meyer fails, Wanstead's fired. Bang. That was it. It happened. See you later. How Ryan Pace still has a job is just a testament and testimony to the incompetence of George McCaskey and Ted Phillips. And you can give me the, the argument that Ryan Pace has done a wonderful job building this defense, signing and drafting. And you're right. He has. And what has that defense won for you when he screwed up the one decision he has made at the most important position? And you know, it's not just one decision. You have a track record of him screwing up every quarterback decision. Yep. He kept Cutler around. He signed Glennon. He traded up for Trubisky. Look at that mess. And where are you? You are, you're, you're signing, you're trading away draft capital for Nick Foles after trading serious draft capital so Foles can, can, trade for the, can compete with a serious draft capital you traded away 
for Trubisky, and you got a coach who doesn't know how to use Trubisky, tried to make him a pocket quarterback. Why? It's not what he does. Don't you know who you're watching? And, you know, the signing of Cam Newton by Bill Belichick mm-hmm. really drives home the point that, um, and, and the recent passing of Don Shula, Bum Phillips famously said of Shula, he can take his and beat urine, he can take urine and beat his and. <laughs> right? Yep. That's what he said about Shula. And Belichick's the same thing to a greater degree because you have every reason to believe that Belichick will take whatever quarterback he's got and make it work. Nagy can only take a specific kind of quarterback, and it's not working. It didn't work. It's just, it it, it just shows, you know, I'm not saying Nagy was going to be Shula, Nagy was going to be Belichick, but you're playing in a league with Belichick. That's the gold standard to show zero flexibility, to show time and again he didn't know the players he was watching or the game he was watching. It's such an indictment, and it and it's part of a, a systemic bit of incompetence in that organization. Yeah, two, and two, two thoughts on that. One, you know, two years ago when the Bears won the division and they were, you know, the darlings of football and Nagy was coach of the year, I think people at that time still held out hope that, hey, listen, Trubisky is in year two as a full-time starter. Let's see his growth. He's shown some flashes, whatever. Last year was a total regression. I don't care how you look at it. And there's no way not to look at it as a regression. Otherwise, certainly Nick Foles would not be here. So that's that's point one. And point two, to your, to your point about uh, Bill Belichick or whether it's Sean Payton or whatever, people talked about the Mahomes contract and everyone's focusing on the dollars. To me, it's like, you know what? This is this. I don't care the dollars. You know the quarterback dollars are going to be silliness. They're they're all silliness for every quarterback in the league. Even you know starter number thirty two probably makes silly money. I mean in this case you know Cam Newton signed for a million bucks, whatever it is. But you you get my drift. The point is you know Pat Mahomes is a generational player. You know at the very least he's a, a Pro Bowl quarterback. So you sign him. And you ensure stability on that team unless he gets hurt. And we saw this with Brady and the Patriots. Unless he gets hurt, and even Brady, when he got hurt, New England still made almost made the playoffs uh, with Matt Castle, I believe, was the quarterback that year. You're going to be good every year. And that is where, to your Ryan Pace criticism, at the most important position, the one position that really controls and really drives your long-term success, you're 0 for 3. <laughs> and you still have a job. Three strikes are out. You still have a job. Because Guys, real quick, I wanted to go back because to... Because Bears. Yeah. Bears. I wanted to go back real quick to that. Rosie, you mentioned a couple minutes ago about, uh, you know, he kept Cutler around that one year. The argument could be made he should have signed Cutler to another contract. Because wouldn't you rather have Cutler now even four years no. older? No. I Why already not? know he's not going to win. I know that Jay Cutler's best season was mediocre in the NFL. Jay Cutler would up. have thrived in this system, Rosie. Jay Cutler's thrived. best season was mediocre in the NFL. Cares. Cares. Anyway, I digress. We got to break, I just, guys. I just gave you a yeah. uh, Jay Cutler who cares. And oh, we yeah. have to break. Okay. Who cares? We get cares. All right, <laughs> we'll break. We will come back with what are you doing, Wagner? And we'll have an update on the, the Trash Pandas motor vehicle issues, and oh now his scavenger hunt for the Encyclopedia of Suck and other things. So we'll do that. And also next hour, Steve Stone stopped by the score and was enlightening as always. We'll bring that to you. 
Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. Who cares? Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.